Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture lifestyles and share stories of inspiring people that bring motivation, knowledge, and entertainment to our community. Life is good. Let's get started. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm your host, Rick Scotch, on the Scotch Parlor podcast. Today, I have Mr. Ken Davis, also known as Cool Hand Ken. On his Instagram profile, he puts one of the last wild sign painters. I want to thank you, uh, Ken, for being here, telling your story today. I truly appreciate that. Uh, That's reciprocated fully here. I really appreciate you having me in. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Before I pass it on to you, um, Mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll give you a a brief introduction of Ken. He grew up in Fremont, California, drawing up comic books, logos, and old brand names on the sides of freight trains <laughs> that rolled through the neighborhood of, of Fremont. And I believe the culture of skateboarding kind of brought you into the light of, you know, with all their cool graphics and lettering, kind yep. of brought you into a uh, sign painting world. And, yeah. and you know, Ken is an artist. He's a master of his craft of sign painting, and he does dope signs all over the Bay Area and really all over the nation. And with that said, I'll pass it on to you, Ken, and you can... Uh, Go ahead and give your introduction. All right, I appreciate that. And uh, I guess, yeah, back back onto the uh, introduction of who I am and where I came from. Yeah, name's Ken Davis. Came from uh, came from Fremont, California. That little like southeast bay. You know, you talk to friends in San Jose, it's South Bay. You talk to friends in East Bay, it's East Bay. Whatever. <laughs> any at any rate, yeah. I just I got into sign painting as my, I thought of it when I first got into it as my one chance to escape the monotony of working BS jobs, okay. you know, jobs that like, you can just see that you're not making any difference in the world around you. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden it just started, I don't know, I was work. I was, uh, I'd made this choice to live with a bunch of friends that they had bought a house, you know, pre 2008. So it was like, you know, the, that big, house lie where they're like, yeah, you could totally buy a house right now. Just pay the interest and, you know, uh-huh. and then it gets taken away in 2008. But yeah. At any rate, we had this great house going where all of us were creative dudes. We all had, we all had, you know, our own motivation. We all worked nine to fives. So we all, we all kind of had this Vulcan mind meld of like, let's just create, you know, cause it's, it's the only way we can get through the day after we clock out from our jobs that we don't really see a future in uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh and i don't know we just i started really zoning in on lettering because it's one of those things that i always i always really zoned into was oh look there's a spitfire logo i mean i could draw that flame head but i really like the letters attached to that okay. you know or the anti-hero skateboards eagle you're like oh yeah i'm gonna like draw the eagle that's cool and all and i love it but I, something about the lettering in that banner i want to i want to know what makes that tick more that's dope. you know and it's just and then conversely now i'm like oh, i want to know how everything ticks so it's just you know it's kind of like that marijuana to heroin in the creative world where it's like you, you take that little puff and then you're fully into it on the skid row <laughs> oh, okay. oh man yeah, yeah there you go that's a good that's a good uh, connection yeah uh, so then like so as you were paying you were more attracted to the lettering of mm-hmm. art what is your earliest memory as far as um, as, uh, as a youngster like? Or? Yeah, I mean that was. I have to credit. Uh, I have to credit my grandma Jeannie for that one. My uh-huh. grandma Jeannie was an oil painter, and I think I, you know, she had. Uh, I think it was like seven, seven kids, huh. you know, and uh, as soon as they all moved out, she's like, "Oh, I'm going to teach my. I'm going to learn how to oil paint." So she started off 
painting clowns. You know, started painting her husband as clowns. Oh, that's funny. Which was sick. <laughs> then she started painting hobos. And then she started painting like basically all sorts of First Nation chiefs. So huh. it was super rad. So we would just be like, I'd go into her house and she'd be watching me and you'd be like, oh, why is that? Why does that room smell so funny? But that what I'm defining is funny. It's kind of alluring. Oh, it's turpentine. What do you got going in there, grandma? You know, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know, I'm a little kid and I'm already like Vince Van going over turpentine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pretty much just watching. It was magic. It was absolute magic. And my mom did stained glass and my grandma on the other side did weaving. So, okay. Cool. So it was just like. I was around this environment of seeing people materialize creative endeavors from thin air almost. You yeah. know, where it's like, oh, my mom had this idea to make a hummingbird sun catcher, and now there's one out of stained glass hanging in the window. You yeah. know? And so it's just I was always fascinated. Like the idea of creating something never was alien to me. So I guess that's a that's a nice privilege to wake up yeah. with in life as a kid is like is to not really have yeah, because with creative people, when you're older and you're creating, all of a sudden the word no isn't as much of a, because you're a more confident human. You're also creating your own world artistically. So suddenly like naysaying and no doesn't enter in, into your, your vocabulary as much because you're like, oh, well, I have actual tangible proof in front of me hanging on my wall that I can make something out of my dream, you know? That's dope. That's, yeah. it, it, it's kind of what I, well, I mean, mine's more, I guess, simple on that end where it's, um, you, you create something that wasn't there yesterday and that's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Right. Like, and the, you just said it like beautifully. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, that was like awesome. I'm like in my head, like, oh my God, that, that was like poetry right there. But, but no, you're right. I mean, that, that, I think that's, and it does build, build up your confidence and like, you know, if you don't see it, well, I'll create it or I'll make it happen or, or whatever it may be. And the fact that you, you know, as, as a, when you were younger, you had that, those solid influences, especially with family. That's awesome. And you, you know, yeah. you can create anything and that's cool. Yeah. No, that's, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 oh, yeah. no, that, that, that's no, go, go right ahead. But yeah, I was thinking about that today when I was fixing my banana and my water this morning, like, you know, big giant breakfast, but uh, I was, <laughs> I was fixing my, my food and I, I was like, man, you know, podcasts are on that level too, where it's, you know, you're sharing a story and it's the same game as the art game where it's like there's there's competition if you want to call it that but there's just a lot of people doing it mm -hmm. how do you bring your flavor and your voice towards what you're creating mm -hmm. and it's and I was like man that's that's how I feel like I constantly think about like what makes me special well first of all like not, nothing makes us special other than like what we can do. And that's not special. That's just us. But like, yeah. like what, what makes what I do, I guess, alluring to a person as a, as opposed to, some, you know, a sign from somebody else. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just like to think that I care a lot and maybe that comes through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That, and, that, that very, very true. So before you, um, being that you grew up in a creative, uh, family, mm -hmm. I guess you said, what were you doing when you talked about the jobs? What were you doing <laughs> before sign making? <laughs> oh man, I had so many, so many, like, I mean, I was, I was Mr. Retail, like, you, know, <laughs> you, you name, you name the store that's in the shape of a box with like orange logos or, you know, that, that, that one Pantone of orange that every CEO of a major company or startup goes to the same graphic design meeting and the graphic design, like, you know, cult leader goes, 
oh yeah, this Pantone orange makes people want to buy things. Oh, I'm going to make my whole logo that orange. And then all of a sudden you see this orange. Anyway, Home Depot, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I used to work there. And then, uh, and then I worked at Lowe's. And then I worked at a couple other places, need not to say. But like, you know, basically... Home Depot is where I got the nickname Cool Hand Ken. And it had nothing to do with the anything my hand could do. It was strictly because when I'd worked there long enough, you know, it's like a psychological thing. If you're working at a place long enough and you know that it, you're not supposed to be there, uh-huh. you start subconsciously subverting it. And that's what I was doing. I would just start doing random things. Like me and this other guy, we were just, we were just, habitual line steppers to each other so we you know to quote uh charlie murphy and uh but uh he he would do something and i'd try and like one up him so like (laughs) you know he would be talking with a customer and i'd be behind the customer like Uh, making just you know faces at him trying to get him to crack and laugh in front of the customer Uh And we then it graduated to paper airplanes we started just shooting paper airplanes (laughs) in the ceiling so I don't know. It was like all the old timers there, you know, they're really familiar with that Paul Newman movie, Cool uh-huh. Hand Luke, and then the the book that came before it. But they're like, you're like Cool Hand Luke over here. You're always like causing a stir. You're a world shaker <laughs> kind of stuff like that. Uh-huh. So that's where that came. That, all right. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. That's cool. All right. But, uh, <laughs> but my last job like that was I was a warehouse manager for, for a company that imported electronics um, from overseas. And it was all proprietary technology, but mm-hmm. it's stuff that they didn't like. It was one of those companies that was basically just got in the middle of everything, you know. Okay. Whereas, like, you know, a company that makes gas pumps or cell phone supplies. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then this company gets in between and is like, no, you can't go directly to the factory and talk to them. You need to go through us. So it's yeah, just a yeah, total, yeah. like, everything about this job didn't need to exist okay, and i okay. knew that and that's psychological warfare after a while you're uh-huh. like i'm not doing anything good in the world you know yeah, 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 yeah. i'm just collecting a check and maybe the amount of money i donate to like some charity at the end of the year might make up for it but probably not you know <laughs> so i don't know i just started i kept drawing i was like i don't know i'd read a few books um by artists and i was like okay it looks like this might be the way that I can do it because, you know, I never really accrued crippling, crippling debt through one way or another. Uh-huh. So I was like, I, I do live a, a, a low, a low profile. Sort yeah, of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could potentially make this step and it wouldn't hurt me too bad, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then one of my, uh, one of my roommates and friends, he was really encouraging. He's like, man, you should, you should go get one shot enamel. You know, you do a lot of lettering. That's what all these, uh, what, that's what all the sign painters use. I'm like, sign painting, that's still a thing. Like, uh-huh, that's uh-huh, awesome. Uh-huh. I, I've seen hand-painted signs, but like it eludes me who does these because, you know, unless, unless you're there when it's getting painted, you don't know what happened. And there's yeah. no sign shop around here yeah. except for one that I knew of very well. And okay. that was New Bohemia Signs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I uh, I used to go to punk rock and hardcore shows um, at Slim's or DNA Lounge and stuff like that whenever they'd show up. And New Bohemia was on 11th Street at the time. And their window display was so sick. It was okay. just like glass on top, of panels on top of like, you know, a 
a fairy doll, like, and it was all lettering. So you would just see at night, you'd walk by while you're, you know, you park on Harrison, walk up 11th to Slim's and you'd walk and you'd see this window and you're like, wow, there's some magic in this window. And then on the, sometimes you would see someone in there working late. And that was even more magical because you kind of look through and you'd see this little vignette about the size of your thumbnail of somebody staring at an easel painting and you don't, you couldn't see what they're painting, but you could see that they're painting and you, you know, you can extrapolate that what's in the window that's just sitting there was painted by somebody like that. And I don't know, I just kind of kept putting it out there. Like, man, I would love to learn that. I would really love to learn that. And I started taking it upon myself to learn it. And for three years, I was buying sign painting books on eBay for like five to 10 bucks each because no one cared. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was reading them uh, missing a whole lot while I was reading them and consequently making atrocious stuff. And I knew it was bad. Uh-huh. And I was just like, man, I need to I need to get like an apprenticeship or something. That's my answer to like to learning this. Uh-huh. And I just kept putting it out there. And I met um, Josh Luke at a, an art show that was it was like a Halloween art show at a tattoo shop on um, in the mission. And it was just totally. You know, I, I just started talking to him and at that time Petrero Skate Park had just opened and I was like trying to get back into bowl skating and so was he. So we started skating together and then he started saying, Oh, you wanna come by the shop and just look? I'm like, Yes, sir, <laughs> yes, you know. So that's where I met that whole crew. Huh. And yeah, it was it was a good zone. I got I think it was I wanna say it was Jeff Canham that worked there. And when he put in his notice was shortly thereafter was when I was off, they offered me to start coming in and just practicing alphabets. It wasn't a, a formal apprenticeship. It was me coming in and practicing alphabets and then me trying to like find ways to really show how useful I could be. You know, okay, like, oh, okay. sweep your floors. Like, yeah. now nah, we sweep our floors. <laughs> like, oh, can I br- clean your brushes? Like, no, nah, we clean our brushes. Like, you know, all these things, like, I'll cut the wood for you. And how yeah. do you saw it? You, nah, you want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Give me something. You, you just learn. You just worry about alphabets, kid. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. It was great. And, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. And then, so I, lear- I learned under Josh and Damon mainly there. Uh-huh. And Damon being the owner. And then, uh, I don't know, jo- Josh, he, uh, him and his now wife Meredith Kasabian, they uh, they decided they were going to move out of San Francisco back to Boston, and then that basically made it to where I was like, well, I took a job doing you know sunrise produce shifts at a local co-op, so I wouldn't have to worry about food, okay, and okay. I could pay, <laughs> get fine. my bills paid. I could work here full time. That'd be sick. So we just started. Uh, I started trying, basically Josh started prepping me, you know, turning, he was like five years deep in sign painting, at least at that point. And okay. I was like five months lucky, you know, okay. knowing what I was, knowing how to do, not knowing what I was doing, but knowing how to do what I was doing. Yeah. And uh, it just turned into one of those like, okay, you know, you want to learn how to swim, Ken? Well, we're going to just throw oh, you yeah. off the diving board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it was the one thing at that time and I held it so close and I knew how important it was. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I don't let myself down or anybody that's opening themselves up to me down. That's and cool. that's kind of carried into today, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So then the the apprenticeship, you lasted for what? How long do you say? It was, it, was, it was a jump-started one for sure. It was quick. I think I want to say it was like, Within like a couple months of me just coming in and practicing and mind you, I 
I will take a step back and say, the first time that I tried to do an alphabet the way you're supposed to do an alphabet, uh-huh. I realized that I didn't know how to paint at all. Okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> it's so like a rude three, awakening. Yeah, so I was like, those three years of me practicing alphabets <laughs> <It was> means <laughs> zilch. It doesn't uh-huh. mean a thing, you know? And it was just, it was funny because you constantly learn something new in sign painting. And, huh, you know, cool. you got to approach it with a level of humility because yeah. it's a reverse bell curve. At the top, you know, you'll... Your anxiety is at the all-time high when you first start. And then it starts going down and down and down because you get your experience. And then you're at a bottom part where you're like, yeah, I got it all. And then one thing goes wrong. And then you realize that anything can change. You know, what? and it's all due to how you approach your job. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. might want to approach it with some level of humility and, you know, some level of just being aware of what you're doing not this like it's weird it's a it's a dynamic of like i got this and i don't got I this t- and yeah. how do you make this into this peanut butter jelly sandwich that becomes the sign you make oh no i totally <laughs> yeah no it's because even because so i do like the media aspect right yeah like, i'm like all right all right cool cool i've got the video down i'm like oh i got it and then i'll have a shoot and then i'll be like damn it i don't i'm like i thought i mastered it but i didn't but that's what exactly what you like and then it's yeah. like you like you, you go back to that to that bottom but then that's the you know being always learning and just you know staying humble and, and you know and always progressing and i think that's that's freaking way important and <laughs> it's that creative side i mean you know perfection we always want to reach perfectionist mm-hmm. perfection but it's not necessarily something it's almost like an um, a unicorn yeah, <laughs> yeah totally totally so it's like so th- when you were talking about the apprenticeship mm-hmm. where like now mm-hmm. just because because how long ago was that uh i think so the first I have one of the first things that I ever painted. This is pre-apprenticeship, and it was dated 2004. Okay. And then so, but then, so I would say it was like around 08 or 09 is when I felt like I kind of knew what the hell I was okay. doing. Okay, okay. No, 08 was about like the first time. Yeah, 08 is my apprenticeship sign that I still have in my studio. They were like, okay, well, we want you to just paint a piece, a sign on a piece of scrap or a piece of wood, design it, paint it, from you know and cut it out and everything from the start kind of as like and i took it as like oh this is a test and i don't even know if it was a test at the time maybe it was just like ah let's get this guy something to do so he stops staring at us you know (laughs) but uh you know mouth breathing or whatever but uh but but, yeah it's a sign that says know-it-alls will be shot (laughs) that's cool that's that's really cool yeah and then uh but that sign, I remember even drawing that and think I drew it in my head based off of, you know, a sign book layout that I had thinking, oh, I got this in the bag. You know, it came out of these these letters came out of a book. And then I show it to Damon and Damon's like, oh, yeah, well, see that uh, that W, that's an upside down M. That's not a W. This is an M. You know, so and it was great. It was like, yeah. Oh, someone cares enough to just throw brutality my way. Uh-huh, but it uh-huh. wasn't even brutal. It was just matter of fact. And some, you know, if you're fragile, it's brutal. If, yeah. if you're matter of fact, it's matter of fact. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. appreciated that because I kind of, you know, growing up around like creative, creative elders, that's two ways. They either tell you everything's wrong or uh-huh. they don't tell you anything. And I was on the other side where they just wouldn't say things if it looked crappy. Okay. And I, I was like, 
so it was nice to have people around that were like, that's wrong. Yeah. And here's why it's wrong. And here's the book you need to start reading because, awesome. you know, it was just, yeah. it was really helpful in that way. And I try and, I try and do that with, with people now. Like people, so that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, so mm-hmm. then do you feel like now that obviously with YouTube and all the, the mm-hmm. digital aspect of it, where people tend to like, oh, self-taught, because you're still self-teaching yourself every day with yeah. this. But do you feel apprenticeship? is still i mean is that still a viable thing for people or is it more like you know what you could you could go on jump on youtube get the books and still learn the craft or is it i know both examples of that i know and it it all depends on the person Uh um i will say if you are not if you are an incredibly self-motivated person and you are able to take your ego outside of what you're creating and create create in in a very uh a very how do i say it like if you're able to create in a way that you aren't saying this is the dopest thing ever every time you're doing it you're not going to get stuck in a rut and you'll probably be fine you huh. know if you're constantly trying to push yourself yeah. and you're constantly not necessarily comparing yourself to you know masters but looking at things that came before you and going and with the idea of I'm just on the shoulders of giants. We all are. Even the giants are on shoulders of giants. So, you know, this whole like, oh, I'm the dopest at this lettering style or like I got, you know, I got a K and a blue check mark next to my name because I'm doing, you know, this style lettering that really is like the style lettering that people have been doing thanklessly in all around the world, you know, to raise their families for centuries. Uh-huh you might have a problem with that, you know, you yeah. might, you might just be stuck and, you know, no longevity, but whatever, maybe you'll turn it around too. One day you get bored and you're like, I'm going to stop doing like that casual. I'm going to try something new. You yeah. Know? And, and so then that's how you self teach yourself. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't know, for me, it was just like, I really wanted to, I wanted all aspects. Yeah, okay. I, I wanted to, I was like, wow, this is an, this is an un, this is an unbeatable world I'm in. There's so many variables, you know, let's just try and learn as many of them as possible as well as I can. Gotcha. You know? cool. All right. Well, so, okay. What's, what's your process then when you get a client? What's, how um, does it work? You know, it's funny. Every, like I said, it's like the fluidity thing. It depends on the client sometimes. Like, you know, out the gates, I'll just say, I'll say like ideal conditions. It's, we talk. I asked them like a lot about their business. Uh-huh. I asked them a lot about themselves so I can kind of draw on draw on all of that in hopefully it comes out somehow subconsciously or consciously in the drawing process to where they see a little bit of themselves and what's in front of them instead of I don't know people come to me and they're like we want I like what you do but it's uh-huh. also like well what I do ref- is a reflection of what you do too and these if I'm doing a sign for you or a logo because if I didn't do that, if I'm not reflecting yourself in this for you and I'm only making it about myself, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. I'm not, you know, like my my job is to kind of be a mirror with hands almost that draws this sometimes. Okay. At least in the design aspect, I think, you know, like there's definitely parts of it that I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be so dope if I did that R flipping around and hopefully I can sell that on them on that. I think like. You know, if they don't, I'll be super bummed if they don't want that R, uh-huh. you know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, like it's about them. Yeah. They yeah, got to yeah, see yeah, it yeah. more. You know, it's yeah. like if they think it sucks, they'll remember that forever as opposed to like, 
you know, the vanity aspect. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, like, oh yeah, I got the, I got, I got a, a luxury item that doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, I, I think we've all bought that item of yeah. clothing or jewelry that we're like, yeah, it's super expensive. It's sick. And as soon as you buy it, you're like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally. I never want to be that guy. Yeah, 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 right? That's so true. Yeah. What has been some of your favorite pieces that you've done? Ah, uh, yeah. You... So I was just thinking about this today, honestly. And it's like, I have to speak on this because it's like one of the last days that Benny Gold's shop uh, is open. Yeah. I Benny Gold was is one of my favorite people to work for because uh-huh. he has that he you know it's like that game recognized game he understands that what I just spoke about you know where you just like reflections of people in what you're creating for them yeah and uh, and you know just things like I would do for him he always had the fun ideas he always has like he always has like a fresh take on it even if it's like like when I painted those uh, windows for him on his uh hanger on sixth street he you know it's like oh yeah we'll do some pawn shop lettering but the way that we both worked off of each other for this to paint these windows afterwards it's like yeah this is like totally like pawn shop lettering but it's yours uh-huh. you know it's totally yours and this is uh-huh. fun you uh-huh. know? That, that's cool so it's like that that was a fun one yeah um, recently this year this year um that wall at thrasher that was okay. really fun that was that was also like one of those things where I didn't really know where it was going to go. I was just approaching it with like a fluidity to it where it's like, okay, well, it's just going to, it's going to be what it is when it's done, but it's not done until, until, you know, everybody agrees that it's finished. Okay. And, uh, so we, you know, it was like times of like painting something in and be like, ah, nah, that's not going to work. And we just paint it, you know, I just buff it out and then, paint something new over uh-huh. there and it was like wow this feels like this feels like art arting you know <laughs> i like this but yeah it was also like i haven't you know it's like one of those tourist maps those uh-huh. things are fun to do okay, okay. Are, it was like a really fun project <laughs> you know also on sixth street i love sixth street i think sixth street is one of the most i think is one of the most communal neighborhoods in san francisco still huh. okay you know? i think the communication between everybody in that neighborhood is magical because whether it's dirt or, you know, just trying to be an honest person on that street, everybody respects each other if they approach each other as humans. I'm like, huh. oh, it's very egalitarian here. I yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. this. That's interesting. You know? That's, okay. no, no one's driving a Tesla and flexing on like everybody else in that street. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, 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 on yeah. the same plane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that's cool. That, yeah. that, I, I never thought of Sixth Street like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good it's one. Funny. <laughs> it was, it, what was funny about it, a um, little like side note, was uh, the contractor, Ben, first uh, one of the first days he took, he told me, he's like, here's the people that you, you're going to want to like be on the good side of on sixth street. <laughs> and, uh, so of course I did. I was yeah. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The first time I saw, you know, first time I saw KK, I was like, I was like, Hey KK, how you doing? She's like, Oh, hey, what's up? And I was like, Hey, you, you want lunch? I'll get you some lunch. You uh-huh, know, just uh-huh. like kind of, you know, <laughs> extend the peace offering. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, what's your, well, stuff we just talked about stuff that you accomplished that you love doing, but what about, what's your dream project? walls i want to do more walls okay more walls and large scale gold leaf and tiny gold leaf signs but like walls and gold that's those are my favorite things to do uh-huh and like gold people go it i call it like the instagram first nine thing where oh. people don't see it in your first nine uh, photos yeah, 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 yeah. they don't think you do it uh-huh. you know? oh it's yeah, like, yeah yeah 
And and it's like, God, if you scroll down like maybe 18, <laughs> you might see that I do do it. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a level of kind of like dismissiveness that I can't back on the Internet, which is just like, oh, I learned it all. I saw it right there. And it's like, no, you didn't. You didn't at all because, you know, it's not an actual engaging substance in that if you just look at the first nine photos. But yeah walls for sure okay okay it's it's one thing i haven't really pushed too hard either but Uh you know i love doing walls okay that's cool all right and then um as a creator what and doing signs what is your typical day like Oh yeah, you were going on that process, and I totally flew off the. Oh, oh no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. why we asked yeah. this one. <laughs> so yeah, like my process, I, I guess like process with clients is you know meeting with them, sketching or um, talking about things. Once we're on, we're in a zone where we both feel mutually okay with the deposit exchange. We do a deposit exchange. I start sketching, scheduling, and then sketching turns into, you know. The pattern pattern turns into the the sign. Uh-huh. Typical day, it's changed quite a bit in the past couple of years okay. because you know, in all reality, the typical day for me maybe like five years ago was supremely unhealthy. Okay, I was just I was so tunnel vision on work, work, work. I can't let down my clients. At I will not let my clients down at the expense of my own health, and I. I gained a copious amount of weight. Uh-huh, okay. um, things started trickling into my body. I'm like, oh wow, like these are these are like little like red flags that'll probably turn into something that you're really gonna have to worry about. You know, once the age of consequences comes yeah. up in your late 30s, early 40s. You uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. And I just had to flip the script on it because I was like, you know, this like waking up, waking up at like 5:30 in the morning or six. And just, you know, slamming back a coffee, getting a breakfast sandwich and just letting that fuel you until you turn into like a shell of a human in, in your studio. And then you walk over to like the taqueria, get a giant burrito because you're uh-huh. so out yeah. of it. Yeah. That needs to stop. And um, and then I just kind of started being better to myself. Yeah. Better diet, um, making time for myself, exercise, meditation, all these things uh-huh. that I used to do. And then once work happened and success happened, you forgot about, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then it's like, no, nah, you got to get back into this because this vessel you're in, you got to take care of that because that's what's creating all this stuff. You know, you can't just like, you can't just be pushing your car if you're not taking care of your car. You yeah. know, you can't be like, hey, car, we're going to L.A. today, you know, a six hour drive. But yeah, I know you don't tires. have gas. That's not happening. on ball tires. Yeah. Something bad is going to happen, uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> so I just the typical day now is wake up, try and get some time in to just like stretch out and do some yoga and, you know, all this like first world country stuff like for artists that we do now. OK, like, OK. Yoga and then I'm going to eat a lot of vegetables and. But yeah, this is Keep exactly what I mean. Going, yeah, Keep I'm your gonna, mind right, baby. Yeah, I'm going to sage myself before I draw, you know. <laughs> hold, hold the quartz crystal in one hand. Yeah, yeah no, like I'm – I'll wake up and kind of like hang out with my partner and we'll just kind of have, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully if, if the time's right, we'll have like a discussion. If I have to get onto a, onto a site, on, on a job, I just hop on the bicycle. If I can, just like go out there and – okay. But generally, I try and give myself that time in the morning to just appreciate my own humanity. 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my own my own humanity and my own imperfections. And then uh, if it's in sight or in my studio, I go into my studio and I just start like putting on an album or a podcast and just just zoning in. And uh, you know, I, it, it's a constantly evolving ritual. Like, yeah, I'm falling back. Recently, I've been falling back into old old rituals, which was before I touch anything. When I first started painting signs professionally, before I would touch anything that I got paid for, I would do at least one full alphabet, usually two or three just in brush lettering just to get the hand moving right and like to try and improve on something that you always think is you know there huh. and uh and uh i started doing that again where i'm just like okay you know here's a scrap piece of wood i'm gonna paint i'm just gonna paint a, a freehand sign from start to finish right now you know give myself an hour tops and see what happens and just you know stacking them up on the side of the easel and that's kind of my ritual now is just to keep or keep the momentum going, the creative momentum. Cause you know, if you keep, if you keep creating that energy stays at a constant and that energy gets recognized. You yeah. Know, it's like, like I, I, I know, I know people that I've lived with and I've been around a lot that I don't understand why I'm not, you know, people aren't buying what I want, what I'm doing, or people aren't asking me to do do things for them. Uh -huh. You know, I'm an artist. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't like done anything in like two weeks. You haven't, you know, you haven't just you haven't even like sketched. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And energetically, like people are receptive to that. You know, that's why, like, you know, it's a it's a weird fine line between like working yourself into the ground and constantly creating something but still making time for yourself and to be healthy and it's like that's where i'm trying to find it that right balance. now so try i don't know it could definitely be misconstrued that i've that in in one sense i'm definitely like taking a step back but i think i'm taking a step back for longevity's sake as opposed to just like falling into the, the just, yeah. yeah into the like internet feed phenomenon that we all live in which is like you're not constantly putting something out every day if you're not a content like a, a content, content incubator yeah, yeah, yeah you're not anything and that's not really true that's you know it's like i just because you don't put something out every day or every week or every month or even just because you're not on the thing and you're not you're not in the the collective conscious of the internet doesn't mean that you're not contributing to that collective subconscious that we all pull from that like that collective subconscious that shows you that, oh, that cool dope idea that you thought that you had and you just drew up and then you like saw it on a wide, you know, widespread ad campaign. And you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> what? They must have ripped me off. And you're like, no, it's just there. And they got it too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, when you said the whole content create, because it's totally, that's the, the trend right now. Create content, create content every day, every day, every yeah. day. But it's true. Like, you know, like you're working, you're creating outside the technology, digital world and, and, and creating every day keeps that mind flowing. And, and, uh, that, dude, spot on, man. <laughs> Cause that's like my mindset too. It's like, I gotta create, gotta create, gotta create. Yeah. As far as putting stuff on, on social media, Instagram, whatever. Totally. But, but sometimes I'm just like, damn, like I am doing this, but it's not necessarily meant for that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny, like in the, in the, in the creating content in the podcast realm, like for instance, um, 
I love Malcolm Gladwell. In fact, I, his book Outliers uh-huh. or Outliers, I probably ruined that pronunciation. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm a speller, not a pronouncer. So um, <laughs> there you go, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that book Outliers, I read that before I started t- making a go at sign painting. Okay. And I would say that book actually kind of was like I was like, oh look. This is a book that shows how, why, for instance, the Beatles became successful and why this math genius that all of a sudden had a bunch of family, you know, family things to take care of lives in the woods and wants nothing to do with academia, even though he could be, you know, he could be, uh, what's the movie with, uh, Goodwill Hunting, uh, yeah, Goodwill yeah, yeah. Huntinging the shit. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. PG-13 no, no. just got <laughs> shut down. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, like Malcolm Gladwell, his podcast where he does it in seasons. I think huh. that's cool. That I think that's cool. like, you know, granted, you kind of, you know, some people like would say, oh, you have to be Malcolm Gladwell to pull yeah. that one off, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I think it's cool. I think it's the idea of like quality over quantity. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I as a, a person that's hmm. not a giant podcast listener, but I do listen to them. I do appreciate when it isn't every single day getting bombarded or every, you know, it's like when, when you're like, Oh wow, they just updated that one. Sick. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, you know, you just build these kind of alliances with creative people that, that bring things to you that you appreciate, whether it be like auditory, visual, whatever. Yeah. You, You have these like weird little like psychic alliances and you're like, Oh cool, man. Like, even sign painting, like I'll walk down the streets and I'll see ones that I'll see a sign and I'll be like, I know who painted that. That's so cool. You did that right on. You know, yeah. and it's just like, it's a better way to go through life like that. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's just, funny because like, even like when you say um, we, it's, you know, constant creation of like every day getting a podcast, like, mm-hmm. um, like Netflix, right? Like yeah. They're binge watching. I mean, that's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you get the season and it's all right there. People want it now, but it's like, um, granted, you got to wait a, generally a whole year for the next season. But right? But it is still that whole where HBO, like sometimes I'm like, oh, HBO, man, like why don't they just put out the whole thing? But it's, but it does. It makes you, you know, every week you wait for that episode and, and there right? you go. <laughs> I think that, I think that's why shows like Seinfeld are still so consistently beloved years later and some and shows that are really like comparable, you know, on the game of like how funny they are, how well they're written, uh-huh. just get past the wayside because there's, you know, like Seinfeld was an event. Everybody was waiting for yeah. it. Yeah. Even if they weren't waiting for it, like, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, look, Seinfeld's on. It's like that's enthusiasm where instead of instead of it just like, oh, yeah, there's like. 30 episodes of Seinfeld that I have to get through. <laughs> and by the second one, I'm going to totally lose the storyline. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'm going to have like, I don't know, like a bullet bourbon and like eat a steak sandwich and fall asleep halfway through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give to someone that wants to go into the, wants to be an artist um, in whatever craft it may be, maybe into sign painting, but yeah. what advice would you give them? Oh, man, I would say, I mean... I'd be, I would, yeah, I'd give a lot of long-winded advice, but okay. you know, in the in the event or in the idea of brevity, I'd just say, you know, we uh, like you don't have to take every job, and you don't have to listen to somebody that says they have all the answers. Like, there's been situations I would say, and I see it still, where 
people come around and they're like, I call them the art saviors. It's like that savior complex for the art world where they're like, oh, hey, poor little artist that can't get your own work. Hey, if you align with me, I'm going to make everything okay. And you're just going to like, you're going to be like hanging out in like house of prime rib in a suit, you know, for your art or some BS like that. And the reality is, is that you can do it all yourself. And you know what? If you do align yourself with that person, they're probably going to be taking a vast percentage. They're going to be taking all the credit. And then they're going to start turning into this, you know, this like, hey, I got this thing for you. And then I, I had a friend that had this, or had this one time where he had this really good job going for a hospital. He was doing like, he was doing motivating signs for a hospital and they were looking cool and they're making like, like I was like, I, I don't go to hospitals, but I go to a hospital to just see your signs in there, man. They look really good. And, uh, and then, but it was through a third party and third party started getting greedy and was like, I want, we want a larger percentage. And they were dealing directly with the hospital and the hospital hit him up. The artist was like, oh, I want to, we wanted to work directly with you because this is too much to have this middle, middle person. And, you know, he was like, I, I, I don't know, man, like I was given the job through this person. So I don't want to step on toes, which I understand and fully yeah. respect. But the, you know, spoiler alert is the hospital is like, we know we're getting screwed <laughs> and we can't do this anymore. Yeah. And the job totally fizzled out. And I, I just think like people getting into art, you should definitely make yourself known. But the best way to make yourself known is by making good work and being a nice person. It's not what crew you run with. It's not how many times you show up at, you know, an event or how many times people see you where they think they should see you. It's about creating and it's about creating the best you can at that moment and keeping forward on that. That's cool. All right. That's awesome. That's great advice. And I've already just talking to you. I, mm. I, I see you. You're a very self-aware person. You're very <laughs> self-aware. Took a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, I mean, you learn as you go, right? As you, yeah. as, you, as, you as we age, we get wiser. Yeah. But what would you say your strength is? What's your one strength that you believe why you've been successful as you are? Oh man, that's a tough one, but I'm going to answer it. Um, I would say, I don't know. I would say that one strength that I can really think of is that I, I, I want to make sure I do the right thing for whoever I'm working with at that time. And I want to, I just want to do the best that I can with what I've been given at any point in time. I think that's just kind of moving forward with that. Damn, I think I just like brain farted up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's just, it's a matter of, I think my, my strength is that I, I, I am, it sounds corny as hell, but I do care. I really do care. I care about like, I care so much about wor doing work for like the client that j saved all of their pennies and, you know, open up this business and then they choose somebody to paint their sign. And a sign is a very powerful thing. Uh -huh. It's words, words, communication, words, you know, communication spins the world. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, it's just being aware of that, being aware of the importance that you do hold, even if you're just replicating their logo, they chose you for a reason, make that reason count, you know, make, and I don't know, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, and, Life happens. Some people understand it. Some people don't. Sometimes you understand life happening more than the person that you're working with does. And, you know, 
lapse in communication, but I guess like, uh, yeah, one of my strengths is just like, is really, really caring when it comes down to the, when it comes to the showdown, I try and be there with every, you know, everything in, in tow. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. yeah you care. Uh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now we'll just kind of go into, um, your inspiration and mm-hmm. how beyond work. Uh, yeah. So, but, um, the big one is the acronym WIDWID. It's basically why I do what I do. Yeah. What is your WIDWID? What, what's your inspiration? I mean, the reason I do what I do is because I just had to move forward with something of substance. I just really felt like I needed to put something. I don't even care if it was a part-time gig or just for myself. Like I have one of the biggest influences in, in what I do um, my gold leaf mentor, Larry white, you know, like not a lot of people, he's not like, not like some giant internet celebrity, but the second anybody that I've ever invited. And when I used to have my studio with him to come by the studio and saw his work instantly changed. Mm. And it's because, you know, he just put himself into his work and he does that. And whether it's building a Western town, you know, or making a glass sign, or a bonsai tree, he did that with his full force, his full passion, and it showed in everything he did. I mean, that was a great example to to, to be around for years, which uh-huh. was just, that is why I do what I do is just because, okay, well, I, I don't fathom, I can't see a life not doing these things. So I might as well make it worth it. And I do it because I see, I see so many people, my senior that have just spent decades, you know, lifetimes doing this with, without any, any worry about their social standing or, you know, how, how their viral analytics work on Instagram or whatever (laughs) fart noises. But like, I just do what I do because it's like, why not? I I put this much time into it. I really like what I do. I like who I, who I'm around for the most part. This seems like a pretty dope life. I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> All right. There you go. Right? So um, now beyond doing when you're not working and mm-hmm. creating, what do you do for fun? Uh, let's see. I will skateboard every once in a while. Um, it's it's curbs and bowls now. None of the last time I tried to uh, to skate like I did in my teens, I cracked a couple ribs. Oh, no. That was tight. <laughs> that was so tight, dude. But um, um, cycling. I love cycling. Okay. It's like, yeah, I just, I just got a new, a new bike this year. And the idea was, I'm like, I'm rationalizing this bike purchase because it's gonna, I'm rigging it up to, you know, carry sign supplies in San Francisco, so I don't have to pay for parking and uh, stuff like that. Smart. Yeah. Works great. Works <laughs> great. But. It, Converse is, it's also a bike that I can take anywhere. Okay. You know, I could ride this thing to Albuquerque and back if I wanted to. All right, like, all right. All right, cool. We did this. So. <laughs> but yeah, I like doing that. Hiking too. Hiking was was essential to my kind of like evolution out of unhealthy habits. When I, was be- when I was being really unhealthy to myself, it was going into nature, making time at least once a week, but likely two times a week. And then it turned into three to just go out into nature, get kind of lost, soak it in, and then come back with this clear mind that only nature can give a mm-hmm. person, you know? Like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I know people that ride motorcycles or, you know, just all sorts, there's different ways to do that. But for me, it's going out into nature and just having that connection with something that is 
far greater than yourself, yeah. far greater than anything that's been built around you. It's that whole idea of like, go back to the earlier part about we're all on the shoulders of giants. Like literally we're on a shoulder of a giant every day. It's called earth, you know? Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. like having going for me going out and just remembering that every, you know, every time I go hiking, I'm like, okay, cool. Like everything's going to be okay. Cause mm -hmm. look at this, this is a constantly evolving living thing. We are constantly evolving living things. This is going to be fine no matter what, like, uh, yeah, that bill sucks and you're going to have to like, you're going to have to like, eat, yeah, eat <laughs> celery for like a couple of weeks yeah, 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 yeah. so that you can get that bill paid. But, it's or like work, work, yeah, work is super tedious, but like, you know, Larry actually, Larry White, he had the, the best, my favorite thing anybody ever said on a Friday, like instead of like, oh, see you Monday, have a nice weekend for, you know, or like, see, or see you at the sports bar, but like, like Larry would all, he, he said on a few occasions, he would leave right before he left on a Friday. He'd go, hey, Stubby. He was my nickname, Stubby. I'm named after some Western, obscure Western character. Uh -huh. um, he goes, hey, Stubby, you think all this work that's in front of me right now will be here Monday morning when I come back? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I think so too. I'll see you on Monday. And I was <laughs> like, dude, you know, all of it will be there. Just work on it <laughs> yeah right well that's kind of like the uh so my whole motto and like just kind of like how i'm building everything around is the, the motto of life is good right yeah, absolutely and, whereas and it's absolutely connected to what you're saying is like versus the good life right the good life to me is temporary like you you know yeah. oh you're living that oh yeah the luxury life blah 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 absolutely. but life is good is it's a nice balance there's gonna be downs yeah there's gonna be ups but just balance and appreciation of of life because yeah we are um when you talk about in nature i mean that's when you really see it it's like yeah like dude this is crazy and like just seeing new places it's like wow you know life is worth going in other places not in your little my you know little world that you're living is beyond that yeah but, but with places what is your favorite place or i mean it sounds like inspirational wise maybe mm -hmm. nature but is there a specific place that you like i mean all around really i you know, I, I, I like to make little, uh, I like to make little trips up to, up to Portland for work just cause I have, I have friends and clientele up there that I, I'll just be like, Hey, I'm in town. You want me to just paint like something for you? Uh -huh. And, uh, so I don't know. I like that area. I, I like, uh, I like all around like the, I, I really do. I mean, I'm born and raised in the Bay area. I do really appreciate it here. It works for me. It doesn't work for everybody, uh -huh. but it, it, I can make it work for me for the time being. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know, without giving away too much, because I feel like every time I give away or every time I say I love a place <laughs> so much. People show up? Yeah, yeah. That's how that <laughs> that's works. Fine. Like, I remember. I remember. But I you was, have a place. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can say Portland because I used, you know, I was heavily thinking about moving up to Portland yeah. years and years ago. Okay, okay. And then I was like, and then, and then I was like, Ah, no, no, no. By the time I could make this happen, it would be a lateral move because everybody just got that idea. And I think yeah. it had to do with people like me squawking about how great it is. <laughs> I, like all my friends that are born and raised there, like the, the trigger phrase for them is it's so cheap here for yeah. coming from a Californian or someone Absolutely, from LA. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. And like, yeah, man, that's, that sucks. Like, you know, and Portland has all that. Uh, I mean, it has great vibes. Like it, it crafts beautiful. all craft stuff, and you got yeah. the nature. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. What you're doing? <laughs> yeah, and that's that. And everybody already picked up on that, you know, <laughs> including like, including stars. But you know, every every place has its ebb and flow. Yeah, like, I mean, for look sure. at 
look at San Francisco post 89 earthquake, like for those couple years after the earthquake, that thing was a ghost town, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and now it's like, uh, San Francisco is realizing, oh, oh, hey, hey, remember how we're trying to be this first tier city? Like, we're going to start, you know, it's funny. It's like San Francisco is coming to, the city is as itself is coming to grips with what creative people come to grips with. Like, people really like me how do i how do i do this without losing my identity you know people really like me and what what happens is sometimes when people really like you they start nurturing aspects of yourself that are only one dimensional and then you start losing that uh, those other dimensions of yourself that really make you who you are you know to where it's like this you know unwittingly people are just whining and dining you about oh you do this cool thing and you're you run with this cool crowd you must be that you're like no actually like i'm kind of a nerd like, <laughs> you know and that's a cliche too it's like oh i'm a nerd i'm totally nerd you know and it's like yeah i'm a total nerd like i, I would rather uh, you know I, I don't really i go to social things but i also like there's a lot of merits in just sitting in my rainbow throne that um ellen calls it it's just it's like this is it's just this chair that a friend gave me that I covered in like blankets. So it just looks like oh, I'm really? laying in a rainbow. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll just sit there and read like whatever book I, just, I have like that AK press published usually. There you, well, see, maybe that that's your favorite place and knowing, and you can't, you're the, the rainbow only throne. You're, that's the only, you're the only person that can visit there. <laughs> the, the, the problem with the rainbow throne is though, it can be an opium den. Oh, like, cause it's so comfortable. Okay. You're okay. reading and you're like, Oh yeah. A couple of, uh, <laughs> and then you just, just wake up and you're you know, there's a, a dragon coming out of the window you know it's, uh, kinda like, it's like the musée mechanique toys that's down there hilarious, <laughs> that's hilarious so do, do you drink no no i i kind of i i stevie nixed that one out of okay. my life and it was a great decision for me i definitely would not suggest it for everybody uh-huh. but it worked for me and i will continue to do that you yeah, know? yeah 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 so then you well let's just you're at the bar but what do you what do you what do you order as far as at uh, the bar, at the at ooh, the bar, like ooh, that's a good one. Oh, what do I order? Because I'm also like one of those dudes that's like I can't have sugar. I don't want to. Okay, okay. So I'll probably get like a sparkling water okay. with a lemon. Okay, okay. And then just be like, you know, like that uh, Captain Morgan style, where like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, that has bubbles. There yeah, must yeah, be some booze in here. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm ripped. There you go. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'm now, ripped off life. <laughs> So, um, what we'll do, we'll close out the podcast, but, um, one quick answer question and then the other one's a little bit deeper. So Mm -hmm. I'll give you the deeper one first. How do you want to define your legacy? Ooh, I guess my legacy, if, you know, at some level, I guess would be remembered as somebody that created a lot of things that had moderate to high visibility in you know urban atmospheres but like i'd rather have my legacy just be that person that did exactly what he thought was right at the time for what he was working on and then let let that everybody from the outside kind of dictate it afterwards like okay i i I once said in, in an interview that we don't get to define our relevance the next generation behind us defines our relevance. And if you're kind of a chooch to them, they're going to remember that and forget about you, you wow. know? And cause I've, I, there's so many examples of that, right? Like yeah. where there's, there's like 
even me, even me, I'm like, yeah, man, that, that person did some dope stuff, but man, they sucked. Like, or, oh man, like they, they were really like not humane. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I guess my my legacy, I just want to be a approachable, humane person and create things that I find significant enough to be creating and people find significant enough to collect and, you know, keep going. Cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, finish this sentence. All right. Ken is. Ken is. Ken is somebody that does his best, and uh, hopefully that works out in the end. Sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet. So then, if someone wanted to get a hold of you uh, socially or what, did you yeah. uh, go ahead and um, your hashtags or your your handles? Yeah. Yeah, uh, or email, or and then websites. So uh, my my emails, I I have just moved to an easier to remember email <laughs> called coolhandlettering at gmail, all one word. That's now where to approach me. My Instagram is at coolhandken. Um, aside from that, those are like the good starting points to get a hold uh-huh. of me. But I really thrive on one on one or as direct conversation towards a project as possible. Like there's, there's mounds of, there's mounds of evidence against me on communication online. I'm terrible with it sometimes and I'm great at it others. You know, I get the, (laughs) I'll get an email where it's like, thanks for the quick response. And then two days later, I'm like getting an email from somebody that I had forgotten about six months ago. And I'm like, oh shit, you know? (laughs) So it's, but the best way is to just start with those avenues, you know, and then usually it materializes into a phone call or an in-person. And that's when we can really get down to it. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm more genuine when it comes to a phone or in-person. And I feel, I feel that reciprocated with clients Yeah, when I'm on phone or in-person. That's when a project that took 20 emails to get to the bottom of turns into... (laughs) So there's one email, one phone call, yeah. one visit, and we're off. Yeah, we're yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. All right, cool. And then, of course, on each, when I release the Scotch Parlor story, mm-hmm. we'll have all your uh, information on there. So cool. it'll be another way of contacting it. And I want to thank you so much. You were Likewise. awesome. I really appreciate this. This, this was uh, you said so much good stuff. I got like, I can't wait. I'll, when I listen to this, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> Creative people, like we spend a lot of time in front of stuff that doesn't really talk back to us, right? So oh it's God. nice to talk to people that understand. It's great. That's awesome. Man. You got so many quotes, man. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Dude, kid. thank you so much, truly. Really. <laughs>